Good morning. Merry Christmas. We're thrilled to see each and every one of you here today and welcome you to Victory. This is our Christmas Eve service this morning. Since it has fallen on a Sunday, we chose to sort of combine it into our morning service. And so we welcome you here today. If you're a first-time guest, thank you for coming. There are a lot of wonderful churches in the West Memphis Marion area, and we hope that you find warmth in your heart, joy in your soul today as we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let all the people of God say amen. amen. My name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here at Victory Church. And I just want to say that the honors that I have enjoyed in my life, I think there are a few that are primary. Number one is to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord. Had that not been the case, I couldn't have made the last year of my life. Um, pray for me. I um, just will tell you on the front end that I'll be a little emotional today because this is my first Christmas Eve service to lead and speak and minister in without dawn. And uh, <clears throat> we didn't make it last year because of just the crushing grief that we were all experiencing. And I'm thankful that I'm in a better place. I'm thankful because I have hope. I have, I have hope, and hope is a decision. I, I have hope of a day when I will see her again in a new body, in a new heaven, and a new earth. I stood on the street in New York City. I just enjoyed a seven-day uh, trip to probably the most amazing Christmas city in the world. I don't think anybody does Christmas like New York City. And um, at Union Square, there at the, at the junction of Broadway and 14th Street in Union and just a whole conglomeration of streets that come together, they have a holiday market every year. And so I went through the market and picked up some things, bought some gifts, and I, was, I, I bought some local art. I, I bought a, a pen and ink drawing by one of the local New York artists that I really liked, and I bought some black and white photography, and there was one, one photo that just grabbed my heart. It spoke to me. I don't know if any of you know who Banksy is. Banksy is that graffiti unknown, uncaught. They've never found the person that, that draws these magnificent graffiti works of art in cities around the world. And one of the famous ones that you might have seen is a little girl. It's all in concrete tones painted on the, the walls of a city. And it's a little girl merely in a figure that's, uh, that's a completely blacked out figure. And, but she's holding a balloon that she's just let go. And everything in the picture is black except that balloon is red. And then you look over to the right side and you see in graffiti, there is always hope. And I picked that photo up and tears streamed down my face. Nobody around me. And I was by myself standing in Union Square this week in New York City. And I said, God, I thank you for hope. Because if I didn't have hope, I couldn't live. We, we can go for 21 to 40 days, depending on how much you have stockpiled without food. We can go for about three days without water. We can go for about three minutes without oxygen and live. But I don't think that you can go three seconds without hope and live any kind of quality life at all. 
The season of Advent is about these major these major ideas that frame the coming of Christ, hope and love and joy and peace. And those are each given on the four Sundays prior to Christmas Day. We have another candle that is yet to be lighted, and I'm going to light that one, this portion of the service we've lit, hope and love and joy and peace. And the center white candle is the candle of light. And all of these represent the hopes and joys of all the years are found in thee tonight. As the writer, the hymn writer of the Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. The desire of nations is found in one person and his name is Jesus Christ. I want to give credit where credit is due. Pastor Haley Vest, a remarkable team member. All, our whole team is just amazing. But Haley came up with this concept for us for this series called Socks and Underwear. And we laughed when we met in our lead team meeting and I said, I love it. Because I remember as a young boy when my parents who were really probably lower middle class people, just hard working people, little education, great big hearts filled with the love of God, loved their family and worked hard just most of the time to make ends meet. And I remember Christmases where I got what I wanted and I remember Christmases where I didn't get what I wanted but I got what I needed but even though I didn't like it because I didn't, I didn't like getting what I needed. Maybe it was some new jeans. And when I was in the first grade, I was, I've, I've, been a little, I've been chubby my whole life. And you just face it, chubby is sexy. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> but you know, I was in the first grade, and Mom was buying my, my jeans from Sears. And Sears, uh, uh, I had husky printed on my buttocks. It was right back there where everybody could see it, and I had plenty of, I had plenty of ad space on the back side. Husky! And so you can imagine the, the ridicule and the... I, I remember getting what I needed and certainly not being what I wanted. And so there are socks and underwear aspects in every part of our lives. There, there are socks and underwear to the nation of Israel because they love Jesus, they love the coming Messiah as long as He was a promise. But when He showed up, they got offended because He didn't show up the way they expected Him to show up. They got socks and underwear. They were longing for a political conqueror to come as a lion, and yet when he showed up, he was a lamb who was slain for the foundation of the world. And a whole lot of folks are thinking that when he comes back, they're going to get a lamb, but what they don't know is this time, he's going to come as a lion. Because... The, the promise of the coming kingdom is that the lion and the lamb shall lie down together. And rather than that being, I believe, some kind of reconciliation of animal nature in the animal kingdom, I really believe that is spiritually indicative of, the, 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 uh, of everything that is centered in the person of Jesus Christ. The lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. And together in one God-man, one Emmanuel, God with us, they have lain down together. The lion is a lamb. But they got socks and underwear. And I think about every one of these aspects of hope and love and joy and peace. And as I just share for a few more moments this morning, I want you to look to the screens. I have a scripture that I'd like to read to you. 
out of Isaiah chapter 9. Beautiful portion of scripture. 700 years before Messiah comes, Isaiah gets a picture of the future. He glimpses into eternity and he sees that in time God will show up in seed form. And they expect a conquering Messiah to ride in on a white horse but they got socks and underwear because he showed up as a baby in a manger in a forgotten city in Israel. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 9, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, that's the Mediterranean Sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a, everybody say it, a great light. For those who live in the land of darkness, a light will shine. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for fire. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and the people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you and people, as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. That harkens back to the story of Gideon. For unto us, or for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Somebody say amen. amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. I had an amazing time in New York. Wonderful food. I, I probably walked about 70 miles, and that truly is not an exaggeration. Subway station, down to the city. Walked from 14th Street all the way to Grand Central Station one day. I was looking for the art of shaving. I was going to try this because my son had told me what an amazing place this is where you can go in and kind of get a little bit of man pampering, you know. And so I showed up at Grand Central Station. In case you don't know, that's about 30 blocks away. I was in a sweat by the time I got there. And only to get there at Grand Central Station, walk into the art of shaving to find out that it was only a product-only store. They didn't actually do any any of the services. And uh, first of all, lesson learned, call ahead. Look at your neighbor and say, call ahead. And so I, I had just a remarkable time. I woke up this morning, I just want to say, off, after all of the crazy amazing food that I ate in New York City, I still lost nine pounds last week. So I've lost 33 this year. When I started the year, I was 340. I woke up this morning, I was 307. Somebody say, praise God. And so I just got to brag about myself a little bit here today. I'm excited. It's a wonderful time. My children are here. Drew and Holly flew in last night about 10.20. Abby flew in about 11 o'clock last night. And so we sat up until about 1.30, and I looked at the kids, and I said, Hey, it's, uh, it's late. I'm an old man. You guys sit up as late as you want to. I've got to be able to put two sentences together in the morning. I had... Uh, on my fourth trip to New York City, I had a remarkable time. There was only one negative experience I've ever had in all those trips. 
I was sitting in um, a Starbucks at 47th Street and 8th Avenue charging my phone because it had gone dead. And an older lady sat down beside me and it was very crowded and so I scooted over. There was kind of a bench, almost like a church bench, and they had little tables dotted along the way. And so I had a couple of packages up there because I had, I had been to a couple of places and bought some gifts. And I scooted my stuff over so she had a place to put her coffee. And I was just trying to be nice, trying to be kind. So she said, well, where are you from? And, and don't mean anybody be offended. I just always say Memphis, Tennessee, because nobody knows where Marion, Arkansas is. And so, because if I say Marion, I have to say, okay, it's across the river from Memphis. And so I just eliminate all that and say Memphis. And she says, oh, Al Gore territory. And I said, um, well, okay. And... And I'm knowing already where this is going. And, I, and, and, and y'all, she found out that, that the, the South went red in the last election. And she started just berating me. And I said, lady, I made room for you out of the kindness of my heart. I'm not getting in this political debate with you. I'm for you. I'm for America. I love this country and I love you and I don't care what your political party is. She was in a huff and loud creating a scene and got up and left. And I said, bless you, ma'am. See you later. <laughs> That's the only negative experience that I had. But I'm just thinking about it. Somebody says, why are you telling these stories? Because they exactly relate to what I want to bring to you today. Hope, love, joy, peace, 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 peacemaker. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. We us, the full-grown, mature some translations say children, and that's the mistranslation. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they're grown-up sons of God. They know how to deal with conflict and love people in the middle of it. And I, I just want to tell you that, that sometimes the socks and underwear that come our way are the fact that we have to deal with people that are not lovely. And we have to, in order to be a peacemaker, sometimes swallow our pride when we want to stand up and defend what we believe to be right. Because I'll just tell you right now, I could have gotten on a, a conservative rant right there. And I'm sorry I don't want to offend anybody. If you're liberal or conservative, it doesn't matter. Because the one thing I said to the lady, she said something about, man, these Republicans have got it coming. I'll tell you, God's going to judge them. And I said, ma'am, I want to tell you, God, our creator, is neither Democrat or Republican. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Help me. And so I, it's just in the middle of all of this chaos and confusion and demonizing of the other side. Somebody has to stand up and bring and demonstrate the hope that is in the gospel and the love that is in the heart of God and the joy that comes when you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord and the peace that follows because of that. If I didn't have hope, I couldn't be alive. And when I, when I have hope, it's because I've been able to relinquish my understanding of all my circumstances. Because there's stuff that I've gone through that I don't understand. But I've made a decision to have hope anyway. And when I decide to walk in love, then it's, it's the decision that I'm going to suspend judgment. And I'm going to love people that are different than I am. And people that are not sometimes not likable. Come on, you're going to sit down at the table today or tomorrow with people that you love because of their family and you know you don't like some of them. <laughs> don't even get pious with me. And we want to be peacemakers. We want to love. 
We want to love the hard edges of people because if we're really honest, every one of us has some hard edges that somebody else has to love in spite of. I know this is Christmas Eve. I'm being too loud. I'm sorry. Hope, love, joy. When I choose joy, you know, I, 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 I grabbed a hold of that mantra after dawn died and I said, I choose joy. And there were times when I got up at the, on the side of my bed and didn't feel like it. I wanted to get back in the bed and cover my head up and I would sit up on the side of the bed and literally, God is my witness, I would say, God, I choose joy today because I choose Jesus and I need you to help me through this day today. And His presence would show up and somebody would call me and a card would come from a friend and another state or a prophet of God would say I have a word from the Lord for you or if another friend would call and say I've just been thinking about you. People in this church have overwhelmed me because one of the honors that I've had is not only following Jesus but it's being married to Dawn Etheridge. It's being the parent of my children. It's being the pastor of this amazing church that I believe God is going to grant the grace to be able to reap the harvest of the Delta. When I embrace hope, I have to suspend the fact that I don't understand everything, my circumstances. When I, when I choose to walk in love, I let judgment go. When I, when I decide that I'm going to be a man filled with joy in the spite of unhappy circumstances, that I have to let go and say, God, I'm not in control. You are. And when I can let go of the control in my pride, then I really can't have joy. And then finally, peace means that I have to say, God, okay, I'm going to let the offenses go. You know, over the years I have received things that didn't fit. They weren't my style. They weren't me. And I didn't want to offend the giver. And so I put a smile on my face and graciously thanked them. And I put it into my regifting closet. I know none of y'all have ever done that before. And I, I look for an opportunity to wrap it back up and bless somebody else. And I want to tell you that the greatest thing that you can do in this season is re-gift. And it has to be re-gifting because you can't give hope until you've been given hope. Somebody asked me on this trip, what do you do? And I said, I'm a dealer in hope. It's the truth. I want to tell somebody in this room right now that your past is not so dark and so ugly that Christ can't redeem you. There's always hope. We have to re-gift it. It's been given to us and we're not re-gifting it because we don't like it and it doesn't fit. We're re-gifting it because now we've been, we've been charged with the mission of, of, of becoming agents of, of dealing hope to the world. Let the light of God swallow up the darkness Hope, love, joy, and peace, and light. Let's don't, let's, let's, let's don't scowl at our socks and underwear because our socks and underwear are the things that will give us life. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. We all want peace of God, but we don't want His government. We want a Savior, but we don't want a Lord. Lord is the socks and underwear. Government is the, is the socks and underwear. I just want the peace. I, I want the PlayStation 4 parts. I want the new car in the garage. I want the new house. I want the new diamond ring. I want the new whatever. I want the new spouse. I want the new house. Are you all hearing me this morning? But when I let His government come, peace is the automatic byproduct of the increase of His government and peace because the kingdom of God is always about bringing order into chaos. 
And if you can bring your chaos to the altar, if you can bring your chaos to the foot of the cross, if you can bring your chaos to a manger stall, there was a nation that was looking for a conquering Messiah to show up and God decided to send the most vulnerable thing he could and that was a baby in a manger. And everybody loves the baby at Christmas, but the thing is, the socks and underwear of that side is that, hey, hey, boys and girls, he's not a baby anymore. He grew up and became a man. He looked at his disciples and said, except you forsake all and follow me, you're not mine. Everybody look at your neighbor and go, socks and underwear. It's not what you wanted, but it's definitely what you needed. So this morning... I want you to re-give some things. I want you to think about this as I close this little devotional today. I, I believe that we want to, in 2018, take the words of Jesus seriously. Those words that are printed in red in your Bible. Uh, you know, I, I, first of all, I, I want you to re-gift prayer. And I want you to do it for some folks that you don't normally think about doing it for. I want you to re-gift prayer for your enemies. Jesus said even the Gentiles, the publicans and the sinners pray for the folks that they like, they love on their families. But I tell you, I expect you to go a step higher than that. If you're part of my kingdom, I want you to pray for your enemies and those who revile you and those who despitefully use you and speak evil against you. Yeah, I'll pray for my enemies. I'll pray a curse down on their head. That's the way most folks do it. But pray, pray for your, re-gift that. Second thing I want you to re-gift in this holiday season is a good example to your children. Somebody said, well, I wasn't given that gift growing up. Well, guess what? You've got a heavenly father who can teach you how to be what your parents weren't. And you can give the gift of a good example to your children. Isn't it amazing that, that the, the most precious, most valuable things don't cost anything, but yet they can be the most expensive because we have to give sometimes out of areas that we don't want to give. I, I don't in any way, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I've got a $100 bill in my wallet. And, and that's my, I, I took $500 in cash to New York. And that's, I came home with one. So I didn't spend everything I had. And I could, I could give that to somebody today, and, and everybody's going, oh, hope he gives it to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can give that to any one of you in the room, and when I give it to you, you have it, and I don't. Anything that's materialistic, there is a principle of scarcity that's at work. But the beautiful thing about this is that when I give hope, I still have it. When I give you love, I still have it. When I pray for my enemies, guess what? I still have the power of prayer in my own heart. Thirdly, this morning, I would like to ask you to re-gift, first of all, that is mercy to yourself. Some of you don't even need an enemy. You don't even need a devil. You don't need a, a personal Satan, an adversary against you because you're your own worst enemy. You're walking around in a cloud of self-condemnation. You're like Pigpen in the Charlie Brown peanuts category, except it's not just dirt. It's just all kinds of negativity and self-condemnation. And how many of you know Jesus came to set you free from that? He loves you just like you are, but he loves you so much that he won't leave you the way you are. That's for all of us. Somebody say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, give yourself mercy. And then finally this morning, I would say, re-gift love to everybody. God's called us to love because he loved us first. He's called us to give hope because he put hope in our hearts. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So this morning, in my closing, I just want to remind you, everything that counts, you can re-gift. And there's, there's not a cost in the sense of a material value attached to it, but it costs you giving a piece of your heart. 
And do you know those are the most incredibly important parts of Christmas? Because all the gifts, all the wrapping, all the paper, all of the anticipation sometimes ends up in disappointment because folk didn't get what they wanted, but they got what they needed. And you know what, what we all really need? I, 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 don't, I don't need, matter of fact, I'm, I'm so old, I like to get socks and underwear. Now, good ones, mind you. I'm not talking about cheap junk. Good ones. And so I just want to say to you this morning, whatever it is that you're in need of, be willing to receive the socks and underwear from the King of Kings. And he'll always take care of you, give you everything you need and probably a whole lot of what you want if you're willing to submit your heart to him. Bow your hearts with me, please, for a word of prayer. Gracious.